Sometimes you feel so alone and overwhelmed, you don't know where to turn. These days, it seems like there is no end to our problems. We invite you to connect with Silent Unity, the 24-hour prayer ministry where someone is waiting to pray with you right now. Since 1890, Silent Unity has always been there. No judgment or dogma, just someone affirming the best for you. Call 816-969-2000 today. You can also connect online at unityprayervigil.org. Discover the power within. Unity Online Radio. The voice of an awakening world. Welcome to the Yoga Hour, offering insights and practices for spiritually, consciously living today. Here's your host, Yogacharya, Ellen Grace O'Brien. Welcome to the Yoga Hour, where we talk about yoga in all its depth and breadth as a path to spiritually conscious, fulfilled living today. I'm Dr. Laurel Trujillo, co-host and producer of the show. Today, we're discussing the remarkable life of Roy Eugene Davis, a direct disciple of Paramahansa Yogananda, who passed last week. And here with us for this discussion is his longtime disciple, Yogacharya Ellen Grace O'Brien. Yogacharya O'Brien studied with Roy Eugene Davis for 40 years and was ordained to teach by him in 1982. She is an internationally acclaimed spiritual teacher author, poet, and the founder and spiritual director of the Center for Spiritual Enlightenment, a Kriya Yoga Meditation Center with its headquarters in San Jose, California. Her website is ellengraceobryan.com, and the Center for Spiritual Enlightenment's website is csecenter.org. Welcome, Yogacharya O'Brien or Umaji. It's very special to have this chance to honor your teacher, Roy Eugene Davis, and the wonderful life he led, the transformative teachings of Kriya Yoga that he brought to so many all over the world. I'm really um, grateful to have this opportunity to share um, with you and with our listeners about his remarkable life, as you say, his inspired life and beautiful example that he offered us of what it looks like to be a steadfast yogi and a devotee of God. Mm. So before we begin our dialogue about the life of Raging Davis, let's begin probably as he would want us to begin with a moment of meditation. Um, Yoga moment. So let's begin right where we are, wherever you are, right in this moment now. Bring your attention to your body, wherever it is in space and whatever is supporting it. If you're sitting, perhaps the chair that you rest on with your feet on the floor. If you're walking, you're driving, you're still connected, still connected to the earth. And let's take this moment to pay attention to our breathing and notice as we inhale and exhale. 
Just paying attention to the breath as we inhale and exhale. Noticing the natural flow of breathing. On the inhale, feeling the cool air entering the nostrils. And on the exhale, feeling the warm air flowing out. And as we pay attention to our breathing, let's feel that with every inhale, we can dive within. (coughs) And with every exhale, we can relax. And as we dive within, We can touch the essence of our being. That essence is the source and substance of all that is. It's within us, between us and all around us. And just by being present, we can rest, rest in this source. Resting there, we may notice thoughts or feelings. And if we notice those, we realize we can watch them. Watch them as they arise and watch them as they pass away. As we rest in this inner peace, this essence of our being, And resting there, we can allow it, <clears throat> allow it to pervade our mental field. The emotional nature. And allow it to pervade the physical body, all of our cells. Resting in this peace. And as we close this meditation, this yoga moment, let's resolve to bring that peace with us into our day and to let it overflow as blessing for everyone we meet. So once again, Umaji, I'm so grateful to be with you today on the Yoga Hour, and I'd like to begin today's conversation expressing condolences to you on the passing last week of your teacher, Roy Eugene Davis. He really was, as we've said, a remarkable person. I, I feel so lucky to have known him and to have studied with him. At the beginning of your recently published book, The Jewel of Abundance, Finding Prosperity Through the Ancient Wisdom of Yoga, 
you write, dedicated to Roya Jean Davis, who taught me the real nature of abundance. So can you say more about that? How did Roy Eugene Davis teach you the real nature of abundance? <laughs> I, I think I could spend our whole time together just answering that question um, because the true abundance that we have in our life is soul abundance. It is self-knowledge. And uh, he, he was the one, as is the role of the guru, he was the one who introduced me to myself, capital S self. I often think of the guru as a matchmaker, <laughs> the <laughs> one who, who helps us uh, find the, our divine beloved, which is the higher true self. And, you know, once we are able to recognize, to remember, to realize that truth of our being, our life indeed becomes very abundant because the self is whole, it is complete, it is uh, abundant. And so we begin our journey of living from the soul and expressing our abundant nature rather than looking for abundance or prosperity outside of ourselves. So one of the reasons that that I'm feeling sad about losing Mr. Davis is that he was the last direct disciple of Yogananda to teach Kriya Yoga. And um, I know that he studied with Yogananda when Roy was very young, starting in December 1949 and and, uh, studying with Yogananda for a few years until he made his transition So for those listeners who are not familiar with Mr. Davis, one of the reasons I I was, um, I've always been so struck about his story is just to know that he grew up uh, on uh, a farm in Ohio. And this is, you know, remember, this is 1949. And needless to say, yoga was not a very common practice at that time. And uh, he became interested in yoga. He checked books out of the library. And uh, eventually, he was able to get a copy of Yogananda's classic book, Autobiography of a Yogi. And Roy recognized at a very young age uh, that Yogananda was his teacher. So at age 18, he sets out from, you know, the Midwest and and uh, hitchhikes across the country, arriving at, at Self-Realization headquarters just before Christmas in 1949. So this is just one of the, one of the amazing things about him. But, you know, I, I can just imagine, you know, myself at 18, for example, or kind of the average person who might have been living in Ohio at that time. And he was just so unique. Uh, This was just such a, um, you know, at such a young age to have such clarity and courage to uh, totally, um, you know, commit his life at at that time, you know, to this path. So he had, uh, he had, at that time, at that young age, he, he had um, a spiritual experience as well. You know, he was very sick with rheumatic fever, and he was confined to bed um, for several months. And so he wrote, I mean, he read um, Yoganandaji's book at that time. But he, he also, I think, was given 
perhaps what he felt as a second chance at life, Mm -hmm. um, you know, um, and that, that he came through that experience with a remarkable clarity of, you know, living his divine life and which sent him on that path, you know, in search of the one, um, who he had recognized, you know, as his uh, spiritual teacher. So it was a combination of factors, um, you know, perhaps what we would call karma. Um, but definitely that experience of being gravely ill and having a healing and then knowing how critical it was to live his spiritual life and to get Mm -hmm. on with, you know, living, um, with clarity and with purpose. Mm. And then it was so remarkable that, um, you know, he did have those years with his, uh, you know, teacher, um, but then, you know, was left after, um, again, uh, after a relatively, you know, short period of time in terms of his teaching, his uh, study with Yogananda of a few years, I think it was maybe, what, three years, um, and then, um, you know, to be so steadfast, as you've described, you know, for uh, for the rest of his life or over six decades to be so touched that at age, you know, 22, that he would continue 21 or 22, I think he was mm-hmm. uh, when Yogananda passed. Well, his his life, um, the life of my guru, Roy Eugene Davis, I think, um, you know, for me, has revealed to me the power, the spirit and the power of Paramahansa Yogananda. Mm-hmm. Um, because it wasn't about how long he was with him. It was about how deep he, how deeply receptive he was to those teachings and how powerful uh, Yogananda's spirit was to have influenced him so. So we, re- I f- have always felt that um, that, you know, through the stories that he shared with us about his time with Paramahansa Yogananda, um, but also, of course, just seeing the impact, the influence that um, Yoganandaji had on this young life is is quite profound. You know, it, it was his most important relationship. It completely transformed him. It completely transformed his life. And that is what the relationship with one's guru is about, you know, mm-hmm. to 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 take us across is the the story say to take us across the river of delusion um meaning that um misunderstanding you know of the truth of what we are the truth about life um you know that we're here to live with higher purpose we're here to wake up and then to live in harmony with um the universe with the with the infinite divine and um over the years Perhaps one of the sayings, you know, that uh, Roy Jean Davis refined again and again and again um, was that there is an enlivening power nurturing this universe and we can learn to cooperate with it. So, you know, he was talking about the power and presence of God, of course, and also that's what he did. <laughs> he, he learned how to cooperate with the divine influence in his life. And he was taught that by Paramahansa Yogananda, um, but he also learned it by having the courage to follow his uh, divine inspiration 
and uh, to learn along the way uh, and to serve. You know, he immersed himself in serving others. And, you know, that's one way we continue to um, be polished as spiritual gems in this world. Mm-hmm. So over the many years that I was fortunate enough to uh, spend time, some, uh, you know, various uh, meditation uh, retreats that I attended at his uh, center in Georgia, and then his yearly visits to Center for Spiritual Enlightenment, I heard him tell many stories about his years with Yogananda. So do you have a favorite story that you heard from him about his time with Yogananda that you'd like to share? Uh well, as you say, there were many stories, and uh, which I always felt it allowed us in our own way to meet Paramahansa Yogananda through him and to experience how Yoganandaji taught his disciples. Um, you know, my guru was always so respectful about his guru, um, you know, and so f- intent and focused on following his instruction for spiritually conscious living. But he described, you know, experiences with Yogananda G as he would be playful, you know, sometimes uh, engaging in in games um, with the students, you know, whether it was a game of ping pong or cooking for them, having them uh, each line up for a taste of hot sauce on their tongue, (laughs) you know, (laughs) Just things things that were playful. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, how how loving Yogananda was, um, you know, uh, my my guru described, you know, at at one time that he had gone to Paramatsi Yogananda, you know, a few few months into studying and practicing uh, Kriya Yoga and uh, was just feeling... um, down was feeling sad you know and he he had commented you know perhaps he thought he would be enlightened you know by that time just as a young man a few months into the teachings but (laughs) for whatever reason he was he was feeling discouraged and um that just breaking down in tears and you know having yogananda put his arm around him and and console him you know um so that the playfulness of Parmansaji, the tender heart and then the clarity about uh, his mission, you know, to bring the teachings of Kriya Yoga to the world and the clarity um, that he that he offered my guru, you know, with his last advice to him, you know, um, which those of us who studied with Roy Eugene Davis know very well, that Paramahansa Yogananda, you know, told him, you know, don't look to the right, don't look to the left, don't trouble yourself with what others um, say or do or, you know, don't say or don't do, but remain focused on the goal, which is self and God realization, and you uh, can do it, you know, in this lifetime. And that's always been the emphasis of our tradition, um, focus, intentionality, and the very real potential of every person to awaken fully in this lifetime. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So as we sort of touched on already, but uh, one of the qualities that I always really admired about him was his steadfast commitment to the spiritual path. And Obviously, you know, a big demonstration of this is the fact that he taught for so many years, over six decades of of teaching Kriya Yoga. Would you like to share a story, something that shows this uh, steadfastness, something that you experienced with Roy? 
Well, I always experienced him as focused and in the same way as he described Yogananda to us. You know, my my guru could be very playful. You know, we love to laugh with him. And, you know, and sometimes he would tell stories, um, you know, that just just made us all uh, laugh and enjoy that that sweet humor. But he he was always elevated in his conversation and in his teaching. So he he never um went down a road of negativity. Mm-hmm. And we always felt, I always felt in him, you know, uplifted. And so um, just w- even when he would come into a room, you know, for me, he, he was like the sun to me, like the sun rising, that I would feel my own energy uplifted um, by his presence and just observing him over the years, writing books for his students, traveling and teaching, you know, all over the world. And very much, I think, like Paramahansa Yogananda, Roy Eugene Davis was planting seeds, you know, for the future, uh, you know, seeds that 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 would uh, blossom and bear fruit, you know, according to their nature. So he initiated people into Kriya Yoga freely, as Paramahansa Yogananda had done, and um, and he supported people <laughs> consistently, you know, with his magazine that, you know, he published, you know, regularly, regularly without a break for more than 60 years and his his books and his uh, in-person appearances, his retreats at Center for Spiritual Awareness. So he made himself completely available and he made the teachings uh, completely available. And it was obvious that he was in it for serving, you know, it was not um, for any other reason other than to serve. And he would often tell me, you know, that we are karma yogis, (laughs) meaning that that we are here um, to offer service um, without attachment to results. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yes, you you mentioned uh, so many of the things that, uh, that he did provide um, after he was ordained to teach Kriya Yoga by Yogananda in 1951 um, he um, he did teach all over the world as you've mentioned so you know just a few of the places that I know of Germany Italy Japan and uh, Ghana in West Africa um, so many books that he published on the teachings of Kriya Yoga that have been translated into at least 10 languages. And then the bi-monthly magazine Truth Journal, which he was in t- continuous publication for over 60 years. So is there uh, another story that you'd like to share about uh, Mr. Davis and your experience of him? Well, uh, one of the stories that, that I've written about in my book, The Jewel of Abundance, um, <laughs> what I think is a good snapshot, you know, of how my teacher frequently taught me, which was with great clarity, um, but gentleness at the same time. So in this story, I had the blessing of traveling with him. And this was many years ago. And at this particular time, we were at an airport and the plane was delayed and for whatever reason and it was just the way that i i was at the time which was you know to kind of fall into negative thinking you know i i was complaining about how i hated 
it when the plane was delayed and we had to wait in airports and you know I was kind of going on and on and when you think about it you know and I think about it today I think oh this is this is really pretty bad you know here you are with your with your guru <laughs> opportunity to be together and what you know what was I doing I was complaining and so you know he listened to me and then he said to me you know just profoundly he said well the way I look at it we always have to be somewhere and so, you know, it was so, you know, he didn't uh, chastise me. He, mm. he just um, gave me another point of view that basically said to me, you know, what are you doing with your time, with your presence, with your attitude? And so he always wanted us to seek to uplift our consciousness and to share that, to always have our thoughts and our speech and our actions be constructive. So that's how he was guiding me in that and in every moment. Mm-hmm. Well, that's such a great story because it really captures something about him, about his um, just, um, I don't know, just he was so down to earth and his uh, advice was so uh, clear and uh, I guess succinct in a way. And, and practical, but mm-hmm. at the same time, you know, not easy. But he had a way of piercing the the veil of ignorance. You know that you know in that one little story, that one little scenario. Um, you know, there was so much that was taught. Like you know, wherever you are, <laughs> you know, you you have a choice about how you're going to be in that moment in time and space. So you have a choice, you have that power, and look at what a difference it could make if you only change your mind, if you only Mm -hmm. change your thoughts, you know, how different um, your experience might be. Mm. And with that, we've come to the break. You're listening to The Yoga Hour with the host and founder of The Yoga Hour, Yogacharya O'Brien. And today we're paying tribute to her guru and the spiritual teacher of thousands, Roy Eugene Davis, who recently made his transition from this world on uh, March 27th, 2019. Memorial service for Mr. Davis will be held at the Center for Spiritual Enlightenment in San Jose, California on Saturday, April 6th from 10 a.m. to 1 p.m., For those wanting to learn more about Mr. Davis, his website is csa-davis.org. You can also hear many prior Yoga Hour episodes featuring Mr. Davis. They are in our archive at unity.fm slash the yoga hour. And you just enter Ray Eugene Davis in the search box. We did also have uh, two recent episodes with him from um, early March 2019. I'm Dr. Laurel Trujillo, co-host of The Yoga Hour. When we come back from the break, we'll explore more about Roy Eugene Davis and his example of how to live an awake, aware life. We are spiritual beings having a human experience. Welcome to Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. 
As Unity Online Radio continues to expand its programming and outreach around the world, we depend on the generosity of listeners like you. If you enjoy the programming, please make your donation today by going to unityonlineradio.org and click on Donate. Thank you for your support. Here's a Unity Teachable Moment with Rev. Ogan Holder speaking at Unity on the River in Amesbury, Massachusetts on living an abundant life. Examine your life, whatever you may think is missing or lacking or you wish you had. Realize that you are bearing false witness against your true self and speak words of abundance to it. Speak words of truth to it and to yourself and repeat them over and over again until you've brainwashed yourself into believing that you are divine. The moment you begin to think and speak as if truly you are the embodiment of all that is. This is the only thing we got to get in through our thick skulls. Living the abundant life is not about what we have. Living the abundant life is realizing that we have it all. To find a Unity Church near you, visit unity.org. Are you a spiritual explorer? Enrich your journey by engaging in inspiring and uplifting online courses starting now. Powered by Unity Worldwide Spiritual Institute's world-class online learning management system, you can join in live or study at your own pace in the comfort of your home. Check out courses and topics like mindfulness meditation, grief management, spiritual growth, and a lot more. Get help and support to achieve your dreams. Find out more by going to unity.org slash spiritual explorers today. Discover Unity Village, and you'll find a peaceful oasis just 15 miles from downtown Kansas City, Missouri. If you're doing business in the area or looking for the perfect place for your retreat or conference, check out all that Unity Village has to offer. With 1,200 wooded acres, a beautiful nature trail, award-winning rose garden, golf course, and newly redesigned hotel and conference center, Unity Village has everything you need for that perfect event. Go to unityvillage.org to find out more. Find the truth within yourself that heals, reveals, guides, and transforms. Tune in to Reverend Galen McDowell every Wednesday at 10 a.m. Central for Truth Transforms. Take a deep dive into the practical aspects of New Thought teaching, starting with forgiveness, spiritual healing, prosperity, and more. Reverend McDowell welcomes some amazing guests, and topics can range from reincarnation to the Bible to science. Big plans to join the show here on UnityOnlineRadio.org. Call now with your question or comment. 816-251-3555. That's 816-251-3555. You're listening to The Yoga Hour, living the eternal way with your host, Yogacharya, Ellen Grace O'Brien. Welcome back to the Yoga Hour. I'm your co-host, Dr. Laurel Trujillo, and I'm with Yogacharya Ellen Grace O'Brien, the host and founder of the Yoga Hour and longtime disciple of Roy Eugene Davis. So, um, Umaji, I, I thought it would, uh, as we were discussing over the break, I thought it would be nice to begin this segment with some of the poems that, that Roy Eugene Davis did leave us from his book, uh, Mystic Reflections. Thank you. Um, you know, they're, they're so 
poignant. I've always appreciated them, but especially now, um, uh, as I look back at them and, and read them, they're particularly poignant. Um, so there's one here uh, where he's writing about this call, as I as I described, you know, that he had been very uh, sick, and uh, then he, you know, went forth to to study and to to fulfill his destiny with his guru Paramahansa Yogananda. Um, he he wrote this very short poem that says, when the goddess of death came to my door, I sent her away. When the goddess of death came to my door, I sent her away. Departing, she smiled, knowing that her intended guest had an unfinished destiny. She will not return. So that last line, you know, that declaration, that affirmation, she will not return, of course, was written then years later uh, after he had met Paramahansa Yogananda and after he knew the truth of his being and was established in that, he, he could affirm and know that uh, that death uh, would, the goddess of death, you know, would not take him. Uh, the body would pass away, but uh, that he would remain uh, ever conscious uh, in the divine self, you know, as a supremely conscious being, you know, which yeah. we all are. So it was an affirmation of that truth of his being and what he learned um, from his teacher. When the goddess of death came to my door, I sent her away. Departing, she smiled knowing that her intended guest had an unfinished destiny. She will not return. Mm. And of course, this is the crux of the teaching, you know, to know liberation in this lifetime, um, you know, from the fear of death, which comes from uh, identifying with the body and the mind. Uh, without realizing we are spiritual beings, eternal spiritual beings. So uh, in another one, he, he wrote um, about his, this, this call that he had, this call of the spirit. In my youth, a benevolent presence surrounded and pervaded me. When I was in need, it provided for me. When I was lonely, it comforted me. When I was weak, it nurtured me. When I was empty, it filled me. When I asked what my future would be, it said, wait, and I will reveal it to you. One warm autumn day, it said, now is the time. Go forth. Do not look back. Mm. It's so um, beautiful. And of course, you can also hear the teachings of his guru, Paramahansa Yogananda, you know, as he looked back and forward <laughs> at his life, that that innate urge that impelled him um, to go to meet his destiny and to express his abundant life. Um, and the echo of the teachings of Paramahansa Yogananda, do not look back, mm-hmm. but... Uh, be steadfast on your path. And then just one more, I think, um, that is a 
is an homage to his guru and to the experience that he had uh, with him on the path. This poem begins, My mind was clouded. You illumined it. My awareness was fragmented. You restored it. My being was troubled. You redeemed it. I then saw that there is no difference between you and my true self. And of course, once again, that's the essence of the teaching that the guru comes to impart, that there is one self, one divine self, which is the source, the substance of all that is. And we are that. We are that ultimate reality. And uh, in his collection, this collection, Mystic Reflections, um, he uh, opens the the book with the Upanishad, that there's a prayer that we we offer frequently um, at the center when we begin our programs, our services, our our satsangs. And um, it is, you know, lead me from the unreal to the real, capital R, Lead me from the darkness of unknowing to the light of truth. Lead me from the illusion of death to the conscious realization of eternal life. Mm. And this book, Mystic Reflections, of course, is available. Um, you can, you know, order the book through CSA uh, at csa-davis.org. It's called Mystic Reflections. That was really beautiful. Thank you so much for, for sharing those poems from Roy. So I know we've said that you have studied with Roy for um, 40 years or thereabouts. And uh, I'd love to hear the story of how you first met him. Uh, it, it, it really is... Um, <clears throat> A simple story, you know, a friend invited me to come to a lecture that he was giving. And at that time in my life, um, I was a, I was seeking, although I didn't know what, you know, I was looking for happiness. I was looking for answers. Um, as far as I knew, I wasn't looking for a guru or a spiritual teacher. I didn't know about that route. <laughs> I didn't know it was open to me, but, uh, God has a way of answering our prayers. And so I, my prayer, you know, had been to, to know that the truth to be guided. And then I was, I was introduced to him and to the teachings of Kriya Yoga. And <clears throat> I was thinking about that saying, you know, when the student is ready, the guru appears and, um, you know, I, I thought about that. And sometimes when we hear that saying, you know, we think that it means somehow you're at a certain point of evolution <laughs> when, you know, when you're ready, you know, for mm-hmm. the guru to appear. And um, I think the readiness um, in many cases comes because we have exhausted all other possibilities, you know, for finding happiness mm-hmm. and uh, we are bereft and uh, that that was my 
case, you know, I, <clears throat> I was unable to find uh, the peace and the happiness that uh, I desired, you know, as does everyone. So there was a certain sorrow um, in my life. And I think there was room uh, in my heart to receive the teachings at that time. Mm. Mm. So, so you met Roy, and um, as you said, you went to a you know a gathering uh, where he was speaking. So, how did you know that you wanted to study, you know, with him and and uh, um, follow the Kriya Yoga path? <clears throat> it was really um, very simple. Um, was not a lightning bolt. It, it, it <laughs> or though maybe it was, but I, when he taught, the teachings were so clear that I was able to receive them. And although I had read fairly widely, um, you know, then about the spiritual teachings at that time I think I had was reading Alan Watts <laughs> uh, who I, I you know was um, really my first teacher of Vedanta because um, mm -hmm. you know that is um, one of the things that that he taught but when I heard uh, my teacher uh, lecture you know about the nature of reality what we're here to do and also you know guide me through a meditation um, I, I received those teachings um, without boundary, you know, without barrier. I didn't have any pushback inside of me that, you know, somehow this, I didn't agree with this or I didn't agree with that. I, I felt like all of the doors <clears throat> of my heart and my mind were opening and it was a beautiful experience. And so I simply took the next step, you know, which was to start to study and practice and see where that took me. <laughs> mm -hmm. And it took me along a path for, you know, this is my 40th uh, year anniversary of the year of meeting him. It was 1979 when I met him. Wow. So obviously from that, your relationship with him extended over uh, decades um, how did how did your relationship with him as his disciple change over time? Well, uh, you know, I was pretty young. I mean, not as certainly not as young as he was when he met his teacher. But you know, I had um, just turned thirty, and um, about that time, you know, maybe I was twenty nine when I met him. Some somewhere in that vicinity. So I I, I was still immature. And, uh, you know, over the years, one of the things he said is that, you know, the primary obstacle that we have on the spiritual path is our immaturity. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, I had to mature uh, mentally and emotionally um, to be able to really focus on the teachings and uh, to practice in a steadfast way without my emotions are the, you know, my moods or the patterns in my mind from past experiences um, being in the lead. <laughs> so it's that 
it's that learning um, that I had in the very beginning. So I went through, you know, as many disciples do, the honeymoon phase of, you know, falling in love with my teacher, falling in love with the teachings, you know, just feeling like, you know, I would be enlightened uh, soon. And, uh, and then, you know, feeling some despair and dryness somewhere in the middle. (laughs) And, um, and then coming through that, you know, with my own maturity and my own uh, steadfast dedication uh, to the teaching. So I, I feel fortunate that I had that experience of, uh, you know, enthusiasm, despair, steadfast devotion, because it allows me to counsel others on the path that, um, you know, we don't ever need to give in to being discouraged. You know, surely there are periods of feeling discouraged. Um, but that light within us is ever shining. And we can learn to access that even in the times that feel difficult. Mm. So you studied with him as we've as we've said for many decades. But when you reflect on everything he taught you, what what do you think is the most important thing that you learned from him? To know the truth of what I am as a spiritual being, and to live uh, in harmony with that truth. And and I often say to students today that, you know, we are to live a life that is worthy of us. And by that, you know, I mean, you know, as he taught me, that we should live as our life as spiritual beings, that we should arrange conditions in our life. So we live in a dignified way, um, in a way that expresses those divine qualities and allows us um, to do what we're here to do, which is to love and to serve and to express that divine radiance that is uh, within us. And that's what he always did. And, you know, he had such a beautiful um, countenance, such a beautiful physical form. You know, he was so tall and uh, dignified. And, um, you know, he, he, he always dressed in a very simple way. He never put on any airs, you know. Uh, never tried to, um, even though the teachings came from India, you know, he never dressed uh, in Indian dress because he was authentically who he was. So sometimes mm-hmm. he would teach in his blue jeans and his plaid shirt that yeah. was uh, that was reflective of someone from the Midwest um, or more formally, you know, he would wear a business suit. But always he had this countenance of peace and dignity that was with him, whether you were speaking with him informally or seeing him in a, in a public setting. So um, that impressed me very deeply. So sometimes, you know, it is not so much what the guru writes or says, but it is what you learn by being in their presence. Mm -hmm. So I always felt um, peace when I was with him and that my troubles uh, were removed. Um, And that that's what he communicated with his consciousness, that, mm-hmm. that higher um, experience of truth. Mm, that's a, such a great description uh, also of my you know, experience as well with him. So uh, we've mentioned that you, know, you were his disciple, he was your teacher, your guru. 
Um, what's the role of discipleship in the Kriya Yoga tradition that you represent? And, and what did you learn from him, from Maria Jean Davis, about discipleship? Well, he, he taught about discipleship in the traditional way, but he wanted us, you know, in the West to understand it very clearly. So he, he would always define terms for us, you know, what they meant, like, you know, even a word like disciple. He would mm -hmm. point to the origins, you know, that it really meant student or a learner and um, that with discipleship, we are committing ourselves to learning, to following the path. Um, to being steadfast with our discipline so that we can learn um, and know for ourselves that truth of our being. So he would say, first and foremost, a disciple is a learner. It's a period that you come to in your life where you say, I'm receptive, you know, I'm willing. Um, I am going to engage in the teachings, um, the practices that are offered to me by my spiritual teacher, and I'm going to learn. Because in the path of Kriya Yoga, um, we're taught that the guru, our one spiritual teacher, offers the teachings um, and they can uh, transmit in the sense of sharing their consciousness with us, but they cannot um, be enlightened for us. Yeah. In, in one of my uh, books I, I have written, you know, the ticket to enlightenment is not transferable, you know, <laughs> meaning, meaning that, you know, the teachings themselves and the gurus have told us that uh, while it is the same self within us and that opportunity is there for us, we must each make the journey ourselves. So being a disciple means having faith um, in God, faith in the guru, and faith in one's self. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So we titled the program today, Awake, Aware, and With Intention, The Life of Roya Jean Davis. So um, how, how did you see his life as awake and aware? And how did he live with intention? I guess we've covered, you know, some of the intention in his steadfastness. Well, he led a remarkable life, um, he served God and his guru and the gurus in our tradition until the last days of his life. Mm -hmm. And with clarity, with vigor, with love, with devotion, and he served all those students so freely, you know, who came to him. He remained, you know, accessible and generous. You know, he, he, he was like an overflowing stream, or as I have described for me, like the light of the sun. There's no mistaking that. Uh, you, you know what it is when you see it. Mm -hmm. um, but the very fact, that, you know, that just four days before he passed, you know, we were blessed with uh, a teaching, a lecture from him, which he offered to us um, via Skype. You know, he was in at his retreat in North Georgia. We were in San Jose, um, but we were able to see him live and to hear the teachings from him in a deep and clear and profound way. So, you know, he was steadfast his whole life, living with higher purpose, um, keeping his thoughts aloft and his um, 
his offerings um, freely, uh, showing the way of karma yoga, of bhakti yoga, of jnana yoga, of raja yoga. He demonstrated them all, and he demonstrated it all uh, to the very end, you know, selflessly, clearly, uh, abundantly. Mm. That's beautiful synopsis. So we've got about just two more minutes uh, or so. So um, would you like to close uh, with another story about uh, Mr. Davis or perhaps with some words of um, inspiration or encouragement for our listeners? Mm. I think um, just to share what he always shared with us, which is that same spirit that was in him, that was in Paramahansa Yogananda, in every guru, in this tradition or all traditions, that same self, that same divine self is within all. And that just as he was focused on the goal of self and God realization in this lifetime, as his guru advised him, that was the advice that he gave us um, to remain focused. Don't don't let yourself be distracted um, by the mundane things that go on in life. Enjoy your life, but don't become distracted. Be steadfast. Be focused on the goal of awakening in this lifetime and really living your abundant divine life, loving sharing and being kind to one another as he was um, a beautiful life of a servant of God. Mm. Well, it has been so uh, wonderful to have this time to uh, share this time with you um, at this, um, you know, sad uh, time, but also a time of just reflecting on this remarkable person and, and feeling the gratitude of um, having him for so many years. Yeah. You've been listening to the Yoga Hour. It's been my pleasure to share this time with you. I'm Dr. Laurel Trujillo, co-host and producer of the show, and we've been discussing the life of Roya Jean Davis with the Yoga Hour's founder and host, Yogacharya Ellen Grace O'Brien. To find out more about Mr. Davis and his many books and publications, you can go to his website, csa-davis.org. Yogacharya O'Brien is an internationally acclaimed spiritual teacher, author, poet, and the founder and spiritual director of the Center for Spiritual Enlightenment. As we mentioned, she studied with her guru, Roya Jean Davis, for 40 years. Memorial service for Mr. Davis will be held at the Center for Spiritual Enlightenment in San Jose, California, this Saturday, April 6th, 2019, from 10 a.m. to 1 p.m. Yogacharya's new book, The Jewel of Abundance, Finding Prosperity Through the Ancient Wisdom of Yoga, is available on Amazon.com and from her website, EllenGraceO'Brien.com. Yogacharya is traveling around the country this year, offering retreats and programs. You can register now for her upcoming retreat at the Omega Institute in upstate New York, which will happen May 12th to 17th, 2019. Find out more about her writings and retreats on her website, ellengraceobryan.com. And again, the spiritual, the Center for Spiritual Enlightenment website, csecenter.org. 
Thank you so much for this conversation, Umaji. I really enjoyed speaking with you and being able to remember Roy Eugene Davis. Thank you. I really appreciated the timeliness of this opportunity and also want to let the listeners know um, if they don't live near uh, San Jose and can't attend the memorial, it will be live streamed. So they go to csecenter.org and um, they can set up a profile and a password on that website. They'll be able to watch uh, the live stream of the memorial, whatever country you're in, wherever you are. <clears throat> so just go to CSC website and you can click on the photo of Roy Eugene Davis on the homepage. That will give you information about that memorial. Mm. Join me next week for Healing from the Inside Out, when our guest will be Amy Wheeler, PhD, yoga therapist, researcher, and teacher. Amy and I will be discussing how yoga balances the body to keep us healthy, promote resilience, and increase the body's natural healing ability. The Yoga Hour is a service project of the Center for Spiritual Enlightenment, a meditation center in the Kriya Yoga tradition. CSE welcomes people from all backgrounds who are seeking self and God realization, a path to spiritually conscious, fulfilled living in today's world. Thank you to the Yoga Hour team, regular host, and our guest today, or our my co-host today, Yogacharya O'Brien, assistant producer Ann Hayes, CSE's global media outreach manager Holly Gray, and Jeff Comfort and Louis Pagan in the sound booth at unity.fm. I look forward to being with you again next time. Until then, remember to carry your own healing and wholeness within you. Share your peace and joy with all you meet. Bye now. Thanks for listening. This is Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Sometimes you feel so alone and overwhelmed, you don't know where to turn. These days, it seems like there is no end to our problems. We invite you to connect with Silent Unity, the 24-hour prayer ministry, where someone is waiting to pray with you right now. Since 1890, Silent Unity has always been there. No judgment or dogma, just someone affirming the best for you. Call 816-969-2000 today. You can also connect online at unityprayervigil.org. 